Welcome in to a Friday edition. It is a weekend update coming your way on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Maurice Patton, and a fine, fine Friday it is. Hasn't been that way all day. Did start out a little dreary and rainy, but the sun is out here in Columbia, and we are excited for this edition of the show. Mo, what's up? Hope it's hope it's out to stay. According to my everything I've forecast seen indicates it, it, it that. says it is. So yes. let's let's hope and pray and those all the things that keep your fingers crossed right, and toes crossed. And whatever that. else it takes for the rain to at least stay away till after tonight's game. Yeah, till at least around eleven. Ten. That's <laughs> well, I want to get home and be. I don't necessarily mind <laughs> driving in it. I just don't want to stand, stand in, it. in it. Yeah, I feel you there. So, got a lot of great stuff coming your way on the show today. It's Tennessee, South Carolina tomorrow. So, we're going to talk to Christopher Gabriel. He'll join us in just a moment to talk a little bit about. That contest, we've also got Vanderbilt, Missouri. It's the Black and Gold Bowl. We'll talk with Chris Lee of Southeastern 14 about that one and perhaps any others that we may want or need to get into. We've also got, of course, the Daily Titans update from Terry McCormick. Traylon Burks has been ruled out for this Sunday, so that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. So plenty. Plenty of stuff to get to. It's going to be a great show. We're going to get right into it because we have results from yesterday, this weekend's schedule, all coming your way right here on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. High school football action from Thursday night. Loretto defeated East Hickman 24-12 in Region 5-2A play. Also, Riverdale defeated Cane Ridge 49-7, open with a 49-7 win over Siegel that was on Main Street Media Radio last night. And Stewart's Creek defeated West Creek 45-14. Uh, in volleyball action, it was Gallatin 3, Beach 1. Battleground Academy with a 3-0 win over Grace Christian of Franklin. Kolioka defeated Hampshire 3-1. Loretto fell to Florence Central of Alabama 2-1, to one, but defeated Florence, Alabama 2-1. to one. Do they play best of three in Alabama? No, the tri-matches are three. Oh. Okay. The tri-match, you only play three because there's three matches. Defeated. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hoverton defeated McGavick 3-2. Lawrence County with a 3 nothing win over Columbia Central. Providence Christian 3 Middle Tennessee Christian 2. Siegel with a 3 nothing win over Murfreesboro Central. And Spring Hill defeated Coffee, Coffee County 3-2. Girls soccer action. Antioch down Middle Tennessee Christian 10-4. Oakland, a 1-0 winner over Brentwood Beach and Centennial played to a 0-0 draw. Northeast of Clarksville 9, Christian County, Kentucky 0. Columbia Central, a 3-1 winner over Dixon County. Cornersville doubles up Richland 4-2. It was Father Ryan 2, Cross Presbyterian nothing. Kalioka, a 4-2 winner over Zion Christian and DCA shuts out St. Cecilia Academy, 8 to nothing. Hunter's Lane with a shutout of Ezell Harding. Fairview, uh, 5 to nothing score there. Fairview was shut out by Nashville Christian, 2 nothing. 
as was Friendship Christian by Forrest, 4 nothing. Lawrence County with a 2-1 winner over Giles County, and McGavick was a 4-2 winner over Glencliff. Mount Juliet edged Gallatin 1-0. Portland blows out Greenburn 9-0. It was Providence Christian 9, Franklin Christian 4, Rossview 2-1 winners over Page, Smyrna 2-0 over Lebanon, Spring Hill a 4-0 winner over Coffee County. Did, huh, got, Plenty of big wins for the Lady Raiders over Coffee County yesterday. Summit falls to Lipscomb Academy 6-0. Tullahoma 7-0 winners over Riverdale. It was Valor Collegiate 3. Franklin Academy nothing. Creekwood 3. Waverly 1. Station Camp 9-0 winners over White House. And Stewart's Creek defeated Wilson Central 3-0. In Major League Baseball on Thursday night, the Brewers defeated the Cardinals 3-0. The Marlins and Mets were suspended in the top of the ninth inning at City Field with Miami leading. How the rest of the postseason shapes up over the weekend. <laughs> um, that picture got little help with the Braves sweeping the Cubs, finishing them off with a 5-3 win last night. Yeah. Before this week, I really felt a whole lot one way or the other about the Cubs. I was kind of a fan because was, of WGN. Was passionate. Now here we are. Yeah, college football action on Thursday night. Hundred miles of hate. Western Kentucky thirty-one, Middle Tennessee State ten. Stay cocky. How far down were they? Twenty-one-seven. Twenty-one-seven at the half. Yep. Jacksonville State down 21-7 at the half, comes back, forces overtime, wins in overtime at Sam Houston State, 35-28. And in the Battle of the Tees, Tulsa defeats Temple, 48-26. In the National Football League, there's a new sheriff in town, and their names are the Detroit Lions, went into Lambeau Field and won 34-20 over Green Bay. And if Mo sounds dejected, it's because... The home life is not going to be great if that continues. You know what? <laughs> she, she has been surprisingly upbeat because understandable. As I, yeah, as I told you, her son and her grandson are Our both Lions fans. fans. So yeah. she's, but it's going to be interesting. As long as they're goes, not talking trash. Stay tuned. She goes up there this weekend. We'll so, find out. Yeah, we will. We will we'll see how long those good feelings last. But anyway. No doubt. Football action tonight at 7 o'clock. Antioch at home against Mount Juliet. Pope Prep goes to Battleground Academy. Pure Academy is at Blackman for homecoming for the Blaze. Brentwood Academy welcomes in Clearwater Academy International of Florida. Glencliff is at Centennial. Cheatham County at home against Hickman County. Christian Heritage of Georgia is hosting Innsworth. Clarksville Northwest will be at Clarksville Northeast is at home against Kenwood. Joe Burns goes to Clay County. Rockville's at Coffee County. Columbia Central at home against Spring Hill, while Columbia Academy also at home against Clarksville Academy. The Kings Academy is at Ezell Harding. Montgomery Central is at Fairview. Father Ryan hosts. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Father Ryan hosts Memphis University School, not Montgomery University School. Brentwood at Franklin. Davidson Academy is at Franklin Academy. Last year host Nashville Christian. Also, Mount Juliet Christian travels to Grace Christian and Franklin. Green Hill hosts Warren County. Stratford is at Hunters Lane. Overton is at Independence. Zion Christian goes to Lancaster Christian. Wilson Central is at Lebanon. Lewis County hosts Harpeth. Kirkwood goes to Liberty Creek. Lipscomb Academy is hosting Christian Brothers of Missouri. Not Memphis. 
Sycamore is at Maplewood. Creekwood is at Marshall County. Knoxville Catholic goes to Montgomery Bell Academy. McGavick hosts Laverne. Donaldson Christian is at Mount Pleasant. Nolansville taking on visiting Hillsboro. Lawson goes to Page. Whites Creek is at Pearl Cone. Portland hosting Henry County. Providence Christian hosting Friendship Christian. Summit is at Ravenwood. Brighton. Brighton plays Republic. We don't know where. <laughs> I do not. Um, Collinwood is at Richland. Rossview is hosting Dixon County. Smyrna hosts East Nashville. South Pittsburgh takes on visiting Middle Tennessee Christian. Hendersonville goes to Springfield. Eagleville is at the Tennessee Heat, where, wherever that, that is. is. Yeah, <laughs> Lawrence County goes to Tullahoma. Watertown hosts in Giles County. Waverly takes on visiting Summertown. Christ Presbyterian Academy goes over to Bell Buckle, taking on the Webb Feet. East Robertson is at Westmoreland. White House hosts Station Camp, and Greenbrier goes to White House Heritage. All of those 7 p.m. local time starts, mm -hmm. i.e. South Pittsburgh. South Pittsburgh's <laughs> on Central Time. That's right, they are. Mm -hmm. But still, it's 7 p.m. local time, there just you so go. you know. Summertown at Columbia Central at 5 o'clock in volleyball action tonight. Girls soccer uh, this afternoon. Donaldson Christian's at, at home against John Overton at 4.30. At 5 o'clock, Independence Academy is at Hillsboro. White House Heritage welcomes Greenbrier. Webb School, the Webb Feet, are at USN at 5.30. And at 6 o'clock, it's STEM Academy at Kenwood. Major League Baseball action this weekend. The Marlins are at the Pirates. The Cubs are at the Brewers. The Cardinals welcome the Reds. The Astros go to the Diamondbacks. And the Braves are at home against the Nationals. College football tonight on ESPN at 6 o'clock. It's Louisville and North Carolina State. At 8 o'clock on FS1, you can catch Utah at Oregon State. And on CBS Sports Network, hashtag WeekdaySCUSA, La Tech at Texas El Paso at 8 o'clock tonight. And in Big 12 play, Cincinnati is at BYU in Big 12 play <laughs> at 9.15 tonight on ESPN. Tell me again what that hashtag was. Hashtag weekday CUSA. Weekday. Is Friday a weekday? We're selling yeah. Friday as a weekday now? It is when technically their work week, work week doesn't end until the end of the day. It's not the weekend until it's the end, until it's the end of the day. And for us, that's what, about 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> Saturday, college football, 3 o'clock, SEC Network. Missouri at Vanderbilt, 6.30 also on the SEC Network. South Carolina is at Tennessee. At 1 o'clock on ESPN Plus, you can see Austin P at Lindenwood. At 6 o'clock on ESPN Plus, UT Martin takes on visiting Tennessee State. And at 6, Campbellsville is at Cumberland. NFL action of local interest, 12 o'clock Sunday. Interest. Local. <laughs> Cincinnati at Nissan Stadium against the Titans. Again, that's a 12 o'clock kick on Fox. NBA semifinal action tonight. You've got a doubleheader at 6.30 on ESPN2. It's the New York Liberty at the Connecticut Sun. That's game three, followed by the Las Vegas Aces at the Dallas Wings at 8.30 on the Deuce. That's also game three. Game four of both those series are scheduled for Sunday at 2 o'clock. It's the Liberty at the Sun on ABC. 
And at eight o'clock, if necessary, because the Aces lead this series two to nothing going into tonight, they would be at Dallas for game four. On the pitch, Seattle is at Geotis Park against the Nashville Soccer Club. That's a Saturday, 7.30 p.m. first touch. And that is your rundown. Top story brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. Don't forget to go by there if you're looking for lunch. They've got a great option. They've got uh, fresh meats, vegetables, cobblers. You can pick and choose, create your own, whatever you want to do. Meat, vegetables, all vegetables, all cobbler, you know, whatever you want. You, you make <laughs> your the choice. Lunch. It's your lunch. Eat it however you like. You've also got fresh hand-cut meats in the... Uh, meat market in the back, also fresh produce, and it's all cost plus 10 at the register. So make sure, again, to go see our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Mo, it's not the Monday Mirror, but we've got a little reaction, as we mentioned hmm. in that opening of the rundown. Tough night for, for Middle Tennessee State last night. Just they couldn't get – couldn't finish – had a lot of really good drives, uh, made some great plays on the on defense at times, and and yet they just couldn't put it all together at, at one point. Uh, and, and Western Kentucky takes the win over MTSU, thirty-one to ten. I, I don't. You could look at that score. I don't think it. I don't think the game was nearly as lopsided as the score indicates. I'll take your word for it. I did yeah. not see a snap, and I'm and pretty glad did, I didn't. And you didn't watch the replay. No, I – yeah, you know, again, Middle had a, a lot of – a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. and unfortunately could not convert on said opportunities. And it wasn't necessarily turnovers or anything of the sort. It was it, it was Just simply – sustained drive. It huh? was simply – they just they just had no answer for for Western's ability to one affect the quarterback, and you know when you can't run the ball, that also you know well, it creates a lot of problems. It does. It makes, one, it makes you one sided, and two, when you can't run the ball, then you probably can't protect the passer either. And, and that was the issue. I mean, Frank Pizant ran for 76 yards on 14 carries and a touchdown, but for as a team, it was 121 yards on 28 carries for the Blue Raiders. And that's not – they're not supposed to throw it 45 times a game. Western wants to throw it 50 times a game. Right. And, and they were successful doing so. Nick Vadiato is not built – to throw the ball 45 times. And of course, once you get down, you know, 23 to three at halftime. You kind of have to. You kind of have to. And, you know. And when you have to throw it and you struggle to throw it, that's a bad combination. That's right. I, I mean, it was, it was 10 nothing. And middle gets a, middle forces a three and out. Gets the ball and makes, when I tell you that 
Vadiato had a beautiful pass to Elijah Metcalf, 40 yards down the line to the four-yard line and couldn't put it in. Had it at the four. Had a chance to cut the lead to 10-7 and instead had to settle for a field goal. Western comes right back, goes 75 yards on 13 plays, puts it in the end zone, touchdown 17-3. Next thing you know, you know, a fumble sets up another touchdown for Western just before the half with 23 seconds to go. They score, and that was it. Now, middle did come out, first play of the second or first drive of the second half. They go 50, uh, 75 yards on 15 plays for a touchdown, but that was the end of the offense for, for middle. Tough, tough night. Um, moves them to one and four on the season. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have to remember that. Two of those four are top 25 teams. That's Alabama and Missouri. Mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously reeling and and not feeling great about the start to Conference USA play. No, no, you're not feeling great about the start to Conference USA play, among other things. Because, I mean, I, I saw a couple of reactions from a couple of diehard long-time MTSU fans with loss. I mean, I can tell you, we don't like losing to Western Kentucky. We certainly don't like losing to them by three touchdowns. And regardless of it being closer than the score would dictate, the that's, score is what's there. And that's th- as, There are as, no moral victories and, in your eyes. No, no. There's, and there's certainly no moral victories in this series. And, you know, who was it that said you are what your record says you are? And I get that Alabama and Missouri were the two games to open the season. And realistically, you knew that you were playing uphill in those two games. But you felt like you could compete with Colorado State. Yeah. Um, Western Kentucky as a conference game. And one of your biggest rivals. Um, that's that's not a game that you want to lose by three touchdowns. I don't care where it is. I don't care what the situation is. And as was pointed out somewhere, and I've I've really I've really tried to stay away from this subject for a couple of years. Um, Rick Stockstill has averaged six wins over his career at Middle Tennessee State. Now, somebody's got to decide if six wins a year is sufficient or not well i I mean let's you have to put one thing into perspective at least two of those typically are power five teams right now he's been known to win a couple of those power five games and that's certainly extended his his lifespan as as the head coach but you know I, i will tell you that there is a large number of MTSU football fans that would trade a Power Five win for a conference championship, uh, if not all of them. So, and and what three, four years ago they were in the conference championship game, hosted it, lost, but hosted it. I mean, you you felt you know that that was that one hurt, and I think that went along after you way. had just won the same matchup the previous week. Yep, you had just beaten them on the road. Mm-hmm. And then you got them at your place. And yeah, 
That being said, Bill Clark has outcoached a lot of people in his career. And giving him an entire game to game plan around is Yeah, to for him to go back and kind of do an autopsy on for, for what six we days. did wrong and, yeah. and try to fix it in a week He's, against the same team. Yeah. It's always get the same thing. It's always easier to be the losing team the first time. The first time. time. Yeah. It really is. But still, all that said, here's the bad thing. It doesn't get any easier because Jacksonville State held Sam Houston to 136 yards on 55 carries for an average of two and a half yards a carry last night. <laughs> and Logan Smothers, in the first 58 minutes and 49 seconds of regulation, had 98 passing yards. In the last 111 and overtime, he had 99. So, great win by Jacksonville State. They will be at middle, as will we, on Wednesday of next week. Looking forward to, to that. It's going to be a lot of fun to be over. And we will at, be at middle as part of the, uh, the, 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 the Main Street Sports Today road, road show. Powered or fueled by. Fueled by. Fast Stop Markets. There we go. So, should be a interesting week. Here's the good thing, though. It's only three days. We don't have five days of trash talk. We only have three. That's the good thing. Yeah, but then I got to listen to you <laughs> for another week. Nah, I promise that after we win, I won't talk. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't. Mm. I don't know that we're going to win again. Sam Houston had scored ten points on the year coming in, and they scored twenty-eight last night. So. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, we got to take a break because Christopher Gabriel is standing by. We're going to talk to him about the balls right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Come back to the Lee Company studio in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, 
the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Mo Patton, Chris Yao here on this Friday edition as we get you ready for the weekend coming up in college football. And we have plenty of great matchups to talk about. We'll pick 10 of the biggest matchups across the country later in the show. Stick around. We'll get to those against the spread so you will know who not to pick. That's the most important thing. Is whatever we say, do the opposite, get rich. That's, that's the step. Mm, 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 but first, we're going to talk a little bit about games that matter here to us in this state. And we start with the Vols, but we go out west. Christopher Gabriel joining us. What's up, CG? Hey, gentlemen, it's good to see you. And uh, I see the big A there for the Braves, another uh, big season for the Braves. I just want to remind you, as uh, always, that I am a White Sox fan and my season is over sometime mid-May, uh, but uh, I'm trying to think positively here because the White Sox going into this final weekend against the Padres, 61 and 98. And a couple of years ago, we were, I'm going to say we, because it's a team effort in Chicago, uh, we were looking at 100 losses, and on the last game of the year, they deprived us of that joy. And uh, the White Sox <laughs> won, we held at 99 losses. So the Sox need to lose two. Two out of three this weekend so that we can have a parade and hang a banner. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but congratulations to your Braves. What a great franchise. They do things the right way. Great fan base around the country. And uh, I, I think they're going to do tremendous in the postseason. You might be the only one with a Chicago allegiance that feels like the Braves do things the <laughs> right way, Christopher, in light of the momentary pause to appreciate Ronald Acuna's 4070 a couple of nights ago that apparently is the reason the Cubs are going to miss the, the postseason. <laughs> it took it took less. You know, time I for the game I tweeted end. about that, and I knew I, I Mo. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you for a significant milestone. They did it when, when Ricky Henderson broke Lou Brock. They did it for LeBron breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They've done it in every, I can't think of hockey when they've done it, but this was no big thing. 
uh, uh, first of all, a great player, a class player, one of the great young faces of Major League Baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr., breaks this record. Give him his moment. And I saw Cubs fans, and, and I, I, in all seriousness, I say this without any kind of lean against the Cubs because I am a White Sox fan, but I grew up a mile and a half from Wrigley. I saw Cubs fans coming out with their vitriol. Really? This, something like this happens and you can't give him his moment? That's just nonsense. Give the man his moment, give him his due, and then we all move on. I mean, in 20 years as a Cubs fan, are you really going to be thinking, you know, at that night with Cacuna, that just set me off until Christmas. Come on. Well, and here's what's, what's so crazy is all of the other multiples of 10 were done on the road. He hit 40, 50, and 60 all on the road. So this was the first time that he had hit a or created a club mm-hmm. with a, a, a multiple of 10 in Atlanta. That's why they did it. It wasn't because he broke. Yeah. You know, he didn't break a record. He broke his own record. Every time he steals one, he breaks his own record. <laughs> but, but like that was why they did it because it was the can, first can time you they had an opportunity. Chris Ramo, can you just answer me before we get talking about the Vols? Nope. Can you honestly answer me one question? What is it like rooting for a real baseball team? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I will tell you that. It, 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 makes the, it, it makes the losses a lot tougher to deal with just because you've become so unused to them. You know, we, we've really gotten spoiled. So, and, and here's the thing. You, you know <laughs> yes. very well, CG, that battered ball syndrome is a thing. It, it is absolutely the same thing with Braves fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're waiting for the so, other shoe to fall. Yeah, oh, oh, is it really? Okay, I didn't know that. You're oh, yeah. like, you're, you, you're <laughs> here, and you know, you're like, all right, here we go, here we go. And in 21, none of us expected to win the World Series. Not as long as Will Smith was closing ballgames. We had no expectations, so it was all great. And now, now it's like, okay, what, what, when's, how, how are we going to lose How this? are we going to screw this one up? 98 Braves all over again. 96 Braves all over again. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We, yeah. and, the, and the thing about it is, Chris, for none, nothing. And, and you're, you're so right about battered valve. Yeah, you're so right about battered valve syndrome because, you know, it could be the fir- first series of the game. Joe Milton throws an incompletion. You got fans going, oh, come on. Here come on. Go. Here we go. And here so we just, go. Just calm down. Everybody calm down. It's going to be fine. And it's going to be fine tomorrow night. Oh, well, tell man. us more about that. Because, I mean, at one time, I felt like if Tennessee scored 50 in this ballgame, it would be because they couldn't, score, they, they couldn't score 60. Now I'm not sure they can score 30. But, you know, <laughs> tell me why everything's going to be all right tomorrow night. Well, I think, it, I think it starts with the defensive line for the Vols and the offensive line for South Carolina. I mean, I'm not breaking news that South Carolina's offensive line is probably maybe not even arguably the worst in the SEC. And I'm thinking, I mean, I I know that Vanderbilt is still in the conference. I just don't think they're very good. And if the Vols have shown one strength defensively, it's a lot of speed on the outside, which which we haven't seen uh, in Knoxville on defense in a long time. Uh, They get great pressure. Uh, Sometimes, if anything, if there's a downside is that sometimes – when something goes east-west, they over-pursue. 
They go a little too far, and somebody cuts it back. We saw that in the Florida game, and we start seeing guys getting deep runs that, quite frankly, shouldn't get deep runs. I think offensively, you know, you look at this team, they're averaging 35 points a game, 460, 465, somewhere in there in total yards. They're fifth or sixth in overall offense. The offense, even within the fact that Joe has missed some throws, he's missed some guys, the offense has been pretty good. It hasn't been great. I think it can be great. And if there's a weekend that we're going to see this offense have a chance to be great finally, I think it's going to be tomorrow night. And I know that the players and Josh Heupel and his staff have done a great job publicly of saying revenge is not a factor here. We haven't wanted the guys to talk about revenge. Uh, can we talk? Uh, they, they, they have not forgotten the 63 points. They have not forgotten uh, uh, getting embarrassed on that field in, in Columbia. Uh, it was an awful night for such a great young man in Hendon Hooker, who was the leading Heisman candidate. Uh, you know, one and two. He was whether he would have won it or not. He would have been in New York. He should have been in New York. But there isn't a play. We've all played sports. Nobody in orange or in this weekend black. Nobody has forgotten that miserable night in Columbia. The fans, the one hundred one nine fifteen that are going to be in there, have not forgotten. I just think I think guys are going to get off their blocks a little bit more. I think guys are going to get the hole, hit the hole on offense a little bit more. I think Joe's going to be keyed up. If anything, we might listen. We might see an overthrow on a screen pass that goes into the fifth row. I mean, Joe's going to be keyed up, but I I just feel like they've been getting closer and closer and closer. And you know, a couple of guys who are much better authorities than I ever could be. I listened to the podcast a couple of times with Jay Graham and Aaron Hayden couple guys that know a little bit about football. I had a Vols fan tell me they don't really know what they're talking about because they're from a different era. Okay, go home and have some more orange juice. Um, the, they said when you watch this offense, they're this close. They really are this close. And those are guys that are not going to sugarcoat something. They're Vols. They're VFLs. But when you listen to them break it down, they'll say, you know, just a little off. Timing's a little bit off. And I think that's been the case. One thing that I want to see, fellas, Dante Thornton, we talked about him uh, in the summer before, before the year started. This is, a, this is a young man who was an absolute weapon at Oregon, and he still is a weapon. I don't feel like they have gotten him involved enough. I expect to see him involved a great deal tomorrow night. I think there's going to be a lot of people who we haven't seen who are going to be involved. It, it's kind of surprising that, that they've not managed to get Thornton involved. I mean, but is, is it just a lack of chemistry between Milton and the receivers? Because we talked about this going into and after the Orange Bowl, Christopher, that the guys that Milton was throwing to in the Orange Bowl, you know, with, with Hyatt skipping it, with um, Tillman not being in the game, he was throwing to the guys in that game that he threw to in practice. Um, he hadn't thrown a lot to Brew McCoy, hadn't thrown a whole lot to Squirrel White, probably more him than anybody. But is that the issue that those guys just aren't necessarily syncing up yet? Boy, I, I think that's a possible reason, Mo. I, I really do. And I know that you guys have probably talked about it, and I try to check in with your show as often as possible, and I, I, I probably missed you or one of your other guests saying it, but one of the things that we've heard, whether you're talking about Brew, Squirrel White, Ramel, Keaton, Dante, Thornton, whomever, is we keep hearing, well, this team doesn't have a, 
uh, a Jalen Hyatt. I would counter with, how do we know? How do we know? Because we keep doing the screens behind the line and occasional across the middle, and then we'll dump one deep to see how it goes. I think that this offense needs to find who that playmaker is. And the only way you're going to find that playmaker, uh, Mo and Chris, is to to go out of your way to get in sync with one or more of those guys and start throwing it up and letting these guys make plays. Dante Thornton was a playmaker and a game-breaker for Oregon last year. I mean, that's what he did. Brew McCoy eats guys for lunch when you get him the ball in space. Squirrel White, Ramel Keaton. I mean, Ramel can make – you put a ball anywhere near him and he's going to make the catch, except for a couple that he's dropped this year. But you know what I'm saying? This team has guys who can make plays. And I think you make a good point, Mo, that, that there's, they haven't quite been in sync yet. But I feel like I, – I mean, we're coming up on, on game five here. and I, I just don't feel like we've gone past page two in the playbook. I want to see more. I think that we've maybe underestimated what the loss of Alex Golish was. And I know Vile fans on Twitter or X or whatever the hell we're going to call it, Twitter X, X Twitter, will say, well, you know, Josh Heupel's calling the place. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but he's got an offensive coordinator. And they're talking amongst themselves. They're talking all week. They're talking game plan. They have a strategy. They're scripting the first 15, 20 plays. Something has been a little amiss. I am really expecting, admittedly, I'm a glass half full guy, but as objective as I can be, I am really expecting to see the timing, the crispness, and the ferocity of this team come out in full bore tomorrow night because that place is going to be lit. And one more thing. I don't know how you guys feel about this. I know that we all know that Josh Heupel loves, if he wins the toss, to defer. If we win the toss, I would love to see them take the darn ball. Take the ball, shove it down their throats, get a lead, and then get the defense on the field. And that place is going to be at 125 or more in decibels. Well, one of the reasons that we've not seen the offense expand to this point, and, and to your point about Ramel Keaton, more often than not, he's going to make the tough catch. Than it, it, probably more often than he will make the easy catch. He he dives for a lot of footballs, and he typically comes up with it when he does. But one of the things that's been an issue is that Cooper Mays hasn't played. Cooper Mays is most likely going to play, and that is a huge, huge difference maker when you're talking about the offensive line and the time that Joe Milton is going to have in the pocket, that's why this game is probably the most important game of his career. It's a great point, and it's, uh, I'm glad you, you brought it up and, and, and reminded me because, you know, we've seen for, for a number of weeks now, and I, I, I'll preface this by saying I love, I love Josh Heupel, but we've, we've seen Cooper on the sideline. We've seen him warming up, and now we don't see him play. And then the following week, we, we hear Josh Apple say, well, you know, he's feeling good. He's had a good week. He's had, he's had a good week. We feel like he's ready. And then he doesn't play. And at this point, I'm wondering, is he going to play or is he going to be serving pot stickers in the luxury suites? I mean, what are we talking about here? Is he going to be out there? And, yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the importance of Cooper Mays, similar to Peely on the defensive side, that we, he hasn't been out there. You have a guy that is essentially – dictating and, and reminding everybody exactly what's going on. He is the anchor of that offensive line. Uh, I mean, will he be a game changer? No, but he'll be close to it. 
when they're on offense. It's a great point. Uh, and I think that is one of the reasons, uh, fellas, why I do think with Cooper out there and, I mean, bearing on how his conditioning is, how much he's been doing week to week uh, on the practice field and in, the, you know, and in the practice facility, however his conditioning is, however long he can go, and we hope it's a lot, I think we're going to, we're going to see a difference in timing. I think we're going to see a little bit more uh, the A-gap opening up. You know, I, I still wonder, do we have another running play besides the, hand, the delayed handoff between the tackles? When that play is successful, it's great because Tennessee has the kinds of guys that can just obliterate uh, the, rest of the, uh, the rest of the defense. But when it's not successful, it's dreadful. It's absolutely awful. And I keep wondering, when are we going to see some misdirection? When are we going to see some east-west where we see guys like Dylan Sampson and Squirrel White allowed to use their speed and really keep defenses off base? And I think, uh, Chris, to your point, I think a guy like Cooper Mays is a key to that. Christopher Gabriel, huge VFL, host of the Christopher Gabriel program on KMJ out of Fresno, joining us here on Main Street. I'm sorry. How about them Bulldogs? We'll get to that in a second. Um, Joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris, Christopher, Chris asked me a question earlier this week, and I want to ask you. Is Spencer Rattler the most, what was it, important, important, the most important player in the Southeastern Conference to his team? I, I'm, I think he's one of them. I don't think he's the most important player to his team. I, that's, a, that's a great question. I, I think he's it's top really three. I, I would say he's – yeah, I, I think he's top three. There's no doubt because if he's not there, uh, they're in big, big trouble. Who, between him and, say, Joe Milton, which team has, a, has more difficulty without their starter? Uh, I think it's probably Spencer Rattler, so maybe he is – I think Joe Milton is right there, though, in terms of one of the two or three most important guys to their team. Because if Joe is going, there aren't many teams in this country that are going to stop this offense. Uh, so I, I, he's, he's right there. I don't know if he's the most, but I'm going to say he's top three, fellas. I'd probably agree with that completely. It's a, it is, we've seen it. When you get, it's kind of like, Good bow, bad bow. Mm. When you get good Spencer, South Carolina's <laughs> hard to beat. When you get bad Spencer, they are dreadful. And so I'll, I'll be really curious to see who we get under the lights in Neyland Stadium, dark mode uniforms. It's going to be insanity. And I don't think that South Carolina has been in an environment like what they're going to see uh, on Saturday. If I can address that point, you know, it's funny. Fans are funny, right? We're, fans are fans have all their ideas. Well, the, so, well the, the freshman player on South Carolina, you know, we're not worried. We're, we're, we're going to be fine. Spencer Rattler, we know it's going to be loud, but yeah, you don't know. You, you don't know. Neyland Loud is a little bit different. Um, last year, they showed decibel meters at places like LSU in Florida and at their peak. In some of their big games at home in, in Death Valley in the Swamp, it was at 107, 108. Neyland was at 125. I don't know what they rate. I think it was 118 against Oklahoma, 120, 121, but whatever it was. But I've been at field level in all those stadiums that I mentioned. I've been at field level 
at Husky Stadium in Seattle, at Austin Stadium in Oregon. There is a, it's a, it's, I say this objectively, fellas, it's a different sound at Neyland. In some places, it sounds like you're in a metal footlocker. In Neyland, when you're at field level, it is downright thunderous, borderline scary. So when players, and I've spoken to a number of players over the years who have played there who have said the same thing to me. They've said, we knew it was going to be loud. We had no idea it was going to be like that. There's a writer who's a very good friend of mine. His name is Ryan Aber. He's been covering Oklahoma for years. He writes for the Oklahoma and covers all sports for them. He's a very good friend. And he has said to me, you know, Christopher, I've covered games coast to coast. To this day, I've never been anywhere that was like Neyland. He said, I was in the press box. I was in the press box. He left the press box just to feel what it was like. And he said, days later, I could still sort of have the sense memory of what it felt like in my ears. So with all due respect to Mr. Rattler and, and all of his teammates, they can say they know what it's like, but pardon my English, it ain't what they're thinking it's like until they get in there and feel that noise. Because they won't just hear it, they, they will feel that noise. Texas San Antonio coach Jeff Trailer after their 45-14 to 14 loss last weekend the best environment in college football it was incredible unless you're a roadrunner or you're a quarterback trying to communicate or if you're a linebacker trying to communicate to your down people they have a great home environment there it's incredible yeah. so that's a guy yeah. who just came out of yeah the and, and i mean he, yeah he, he's right you know it's funny you mentioned fresno state there's there's a lot of friends of mine and and both just friends and media colleagues who were in Neyland when Fresno State went there about 10 years ago, whatever it was. And to this day, they talk about what it was like. One of the things they talk about is how friendly everybody was. And I said, that's because you didn't have Georgia or Florida or Alabama on your shirt. But, but they talked about how friendly the folks were, but how deafening it was and how, you know, Fresno State, Valley Children's Stadium used to be called Bulldog Stadium, is a very loud place. Half the stadium is below street level. And folks here will say, oh, CG, you you haven't heard what it's like and when when Bulldog Stadium is like yeah I have yeah I have and uh, when you go to when you go to Neyland it's just it is a it is a different feeling and now those folks have that whole opening with the fireworks and the lights off and the lit up tea and I mean it's it's nuts in there the problem is if the Vols don't capitalize on that environment and get behind early it just like in any stadium it decompresses it a little bit and everybody has to sort of reprime the pump so to speak. That's why they need to take the football, put it in the end zone, and go from there, right? That's exactly so. Yes. Christopher Gabriel at CG Program on Twitter, X Twitter, Twitter X, whatever we want to call it. We're calling it Twitter. We're calling it Twitter. I'm just going to tell you, we're, 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 we're sticking with Twitter. It's been that way for over a I like decade. that. That's how we're feeling it. But we appreciate you taking time with us, looking forward to it, and we will certainly be watching your tweets on Saturday night. Gentlemen, it's always a great pleasure to hang out with you. I love the show, uh, and I love the opportunity. Anytime you call, you know I'll, I'll be happy to join you. Thank you, CG. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We're going to talk a little Braves on the other side of the break. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint returns to the Lee Company studio after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. 
Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. September 29, 1973. Hank Aaron's 40th homer of the season. A three-run shot off Jerry Royce in a five-run fifth inning as the Braves defeated Houston 7-0 at the launching pad at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Gave the Braves 340 homer hitters and made the team the first to boast three such sluggers. Second baseman Davey Johnson and third baseman Darrell Evans, who hit his 41st in that same victory, had previously reached the mark. That was this day in Braves history. Seems pedestrian. <laughs> 340 home run hitters, pish posh. I mean, but, when we've got 70 or 730 guys, it's like. And you've got, what, four with 35? And yeah. Ozzy's got 33? Is yeah. that right? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I'd love it to see It seems pedestrian. Yeah. <laughs> and yet. Yeah. Oh, man. This weekend, the Braves have an opportunity to become the first ever team in Major League history to have a season-long team slugging percentage of 500 or better. With 30 hits, they need five doubles and three home runs out of 30 hits. Now, that's a lot of hits. 30 is a lot in three games. That's 10 hits a game. <laughs> but it's the Nationals. But it's the Nationals and it's the Braves. So it can happen. I, I, I really, I would really love to see Ozzy get two more home runs. Ozzy hitting two more would be great. They need what, three more home runs to tie the record? Uh, I think it's three more to go to to tie the record of uh, 
of 307. So at Brave Stats has all this information, by the way. Okay. Uh, he, has, he has it all. Um, and obviously the Braves have been just insane all season long. So if you don't think it's not po- if you don't think it's possible, well, you're not paying you're attention. You're not paying attention. As as things go, um, the Braves obviously swept the Cubs. They obviously. look forward to the Nationals and Mark Bowman says that they're going to pitch Alex Winans today. They'll throw Alan Winans. I'm sorry, Alan Winans today. They will then play with Spencer Strider on Saturday, leaving Strider with a couple extra days rest to potentially be the the game one starter. As I said, guy on Twitter who argued with me. <laughs> How dare somebody argue with you? I was assuming he was Brian Snicker. He was claiming it as fact. Well, I mean, you know. That Max Freed was going to start. But well, you've he, got Max Freed he, who he, has he, a blister. He didn't recognize that you were omnipotent, Chris. I mean, I, I thought this was obvious to everyone. Clearly, I was wrong. I just... I, 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 I feel like that this is a major series, despite all the things they don't need to do. Unfortunately, you've got a week off. You can bring fans in, and they're going. <laughs> and they are. The Braves are hosting open workouts as the playoffs ramp up. Makes it sound like they're hosting tryouts for the team. <laughs> but no, you can't try out for the team. What you can do you can. is probably they'll let you throw. And what you can do is show up and watch the team with, with, with uh, I guess, simulate games. Do simulated games between, uh, I guess it's on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think it's Tuesday, Third, Wednesday. fourth, and fifth. Okay, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. No, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Third, fourth, okay. and fifth. And so you can go. Enjoy. Watch us play. Is, is that free admission? I'm, that's and I'd point. like to think it is, but I mean, at the same time. Uh, gates open free in all Braves on parking lots. Parking is free. And I think you have to. Fans will only be able to claim an invitation to one of three postseason workout days and will be limited to one invitation per adult. Uh, How do you get an invitation? It's a free event, exclusive opportunity to fans to support the team as they prepare for the season. It just says claim your ticket. So I guess you can just go and go to the website and claim it. And claim it. Okay. Um, That's interesting. If we weren't already going somewhere next week, I would almost say let's go to Atlanta and broadcast from there because oh, that would be really Lord, fun. That would be pretty amazing. Uh, but unfortunately, we will. We are. The, the road show is already pretty full. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important for this team because 
there are a lot of things that this team can still accomplish historically. You mean this weekend? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think that that's important. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they've done everything they can do from a regular season aspect other than, you know, some team and some individual accomplishments at this point. And, and I know that plan for accomplishments is kind of out of character for this team. But, I mean, when you've got guys like Matt Olson, who is going to end the year as the single-season leader in home runs and RBIs in franchise history, and, and you've got a chance to have five 35 home run hitters when nobody's ever had more than three, I don't think. And I, the opportunity to put your name up there with, you know, the well, 27 Yankees, and, for instance. And here, here are the things that at Brave Stats say are available. Team, three home runs short of the MLB record of 307. Yeah, they've got 304, so they, they need four to break. Are still have the opportunity to slug 500 for the year. They're currently 501. Strider is two strikeouts short of the team record of 276, one win short of 20. If he wins on Saturday and gets two strikeouts, he will be a 20-game winner and hold the Atlanta record for, for strikeouts in a season. Acuna is two home runs short of the first ever 43-43 season. Nobody's ever hit 40. Of all the guys who, who hit 40-40, nobody hit more than 42 home runs. And no one stole more than 46 bases. So, uh, and then Riley and Ozuna both have the opportunity – to go 4,100. In addition to that. That's 100 RBIs, right? Yes, 4,100 RBIs. Uh, Acuna is also, what, four runs short of 150? Yes, he is four runs short of 150, which is insane. And finally, If he goes 40, 100, 150, Nobody will ever do that, ever. And I wish I had it. There was there was one other thing that that Ronald could do, and I, I I don't have it available to me. But oh no, it was it was Austin Riley. Only two people, only two Braves in history have ever had three consecutive seasons of uh, twenty doubles. 25 home runs and 90 RBIs or something. It was like three or four. It was only two people. It was Chipper and Austin. Now think of all the people that leaves off the list. So, yeah, I mean, just absolute insanity what this team has done, and it's been a pleasure to watch, and hopefully um, we'll get to watch them all the way through the month of October. You know, I know we're up against a break, but um, I was – we were talking – about an article that I was reading from yesterday from The Athletic by Brittany Giroli. Um, she's talking to Alex Rodriguez about Ronald Acuna Jr. And she closes with a comment from A-Rod. It's interesting to look at the Braves organization over the last 50 years. You look at Dale Murphy, he passed the baton to Chipper Jones and Freeman took it and now Acuna to have four players in the last 40 to 50 years to be the face of that organization just creates tremendous stability for that fan base. 
Acuna can be that guy, not just for the Braves, but one of the faces of MLB. Is the Atlanta fan base willing to allow Ronald Acuna Jr. to be the face of the Atlanta Braves? I think he already is. I mean, based on the people that I interact with, I think I think him being in the MVP race and all of a Braves country having to have his back against this Mookie Betts, you know, push out of L.A. I, I, I think that this has solidified him as the face. And here's the thing. Matt Olson and Austin Riley both could be, if not for the generational talent that we have in Ronald Acuna Jr. And, and I think that's something that people don't recognize. Um, uh, this article also mentions no previous member of the 4040 Club ever did it more than once. Well, Acuna's 25. I think he'll do it again. He may do it more than more than again. More, more than again. Yeah. <laughs> so not one, not two, but yeah. Yeah, it could be, it could be so, so many. So I'm looking forward to just seeing the rest of his career. Hopefully, he's an Atlanta Brave forever. If not, he's at least one for the next five years. So enjoy it while we've got him. Let's take a quick break. Terry McCormick's right after this short break on Main Street Sports today. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Titans update with Terry McCormick, powered by Zen Sports. Terry, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. And it is your Titan Insider Daily Report, and it's powered by Zen Sports, which is changing the bonus game for the better. We've got some news on the field, and we've got some news off the field regarding the Titans. First on the field, Titans are going to have four players that they have declared out for Sunday's game, and biggest one of those is Traylon Burks, who did not practice Thursday or Friday. Now, Vrabel is saying that it's not a re-aggravation of the knee injury that uh, he suffered up in Minnesota in the joint practices, but that he's going to need a week or so to uh, kind of get back and be able to do some things. Uh, so that's going to be more opportunities for guys like Chris Moore and Nick Westbrook-Akina on Sunday alongside DeAndre Hopkins. 
Elsewhere, Peter Skoronsky, no surprise, he's out for the third straight week as he's trying to get back from the append appendectomy that he had where he had his appendix removed. Uh, it's a situation where he was cleared to return to some football activities. He's working out, trying to gain back the weight that he lost uh, during the procedure and the after effects. Then Elijah Molden and Luke Gifford, uh, both out with hamstring injuries. And then two guys are questionable, both members of the defensive line, which they're going to need to pressure Joe Burrow on Sunday. That is Tier Tart with a knee and Danico Autry with a groin. So that's your injury report and where the Titans stand there. Off the field, Titans got a little bit of uh, maybe unexpected news today. Nicholas Petit Ferrer had two games knocked off of his suspension. So he's going to be back starting Monday. Uh, and he'll be ready to, he was allowed back in the building last week, and he'll be back uh, on the active roster as early as Monday. Wow. And so he could play, he would be allowed to play next week, correct? He would be. He could come back and play against the Colts if the Titans so choose. And certainly with the the status of this offensive line, I got to think that that's at least a possibility if he's anywhere near where he needs to be conditioning-wise. Where would he play? Good question, because Chris Hubbard has actually be been good. probably one of the more consistent of the five offensive linemen that they've had so far. So it may be a situation where he's active, but he's the swing tackle for a week or so uh, until uh, you know they feel like he's ready to go back in the lineup. Because I know he played left tackle in college, but it's a little different playing it uh, in the NFL. He probably is more uh, suited to be a right tackle in the same way that people say that Peter Skaronsky may be more suited to be a left guard than a left tackle. That said, unless, the Andre, unless Andre Dillard picks it up a little bit this week, uh, one of those two guys could be your left tackle pretty soon. Somebody else is going to be the left tackle. We don't know who, but it's going to be something. It won't be it, Mr. It won't Dillard be Andre again. Dillard. Yeah. You know, Terry, um, for all the talk about Skaronsky bouncing out to tackle, I mean, what are the chances that MPF steps in at right and you move Hubbard to left? Yeah, that's an interesting thought. That's something that uh, uh, I think maybe they would have to consider at least but for most of his career, Hubbard has played, been a right side guy, or he's been a swing tackle. So he probably has played a little bit on the left. But I would think that between Skaronsky, Petit Ferrer, and Dylan Radens, that one of those three would probably be in line to play left tackle before Hubbard would be. At least you suddenly got a little depth there. Yeah, the, the 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 offensive line depth certainly looks good. If you can just find someone who can be somewhat useful at the left tackle position. And and really, it feels like, Chris and Terry, that that's all that they need that's is it. someone to <laughs> don't yeah. suck. You know, to not suck. <laughs> just, yes. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think offensively that – Tim Kelly and Mike Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill need to get together and have a discussion about. We know that Andre Dillard is not capable of blocking a lot of guys one-on-one -on -one that are elite upper-level pass rushers like Miles Garrett, like Hendrickson that's coming in this week, like Bosa was, like they're going to see with T.J. Watt. I think we can all agree on that. But 
the best way, there are a couple of ways that you can combat that. One is a lot of three-step drops and getting the ball out quickly, right? We've not seen a lot of that. I think that's something they need to consider, you know, going with shorter passes, quicker drops so that Tannehill can get the ball out and not have to worry about, you know, the pass rush coming in on it. The other thing is, and we've maybe seen this on one drive this year, I think, you know, the be- one of the best ways to affect a pass rush and a defense that's dominating you is to start going a little no huddle. Wear those guys down. Play 10 plays in a row and see how it feels. What do you guys think? Hey, that's not a bad idea. I, I like both those ideas. My thing, Terry, and it kind of goes back to some conversations that we had last year, getting the ball out quick only works if you've got receivers that can get open quick. And how many receivers do we have that can get that kind of separation in a three-step drop situation? Well, it's funny you should mention that. Not only is Petit Ferrer coming back, but Brable uh, said Kyle Phillips is coming off IR next week. So yeah. of all the guys that they have, if Burks is not available, of all the guys that they have, I got to believe that uh, Phillips might be your best bet in that role. A hmm. lot of... A lot of great things coming next week. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna they be just got to find a way to get through this week. Yeah, you got to find a way to get through this week, and Joe Burrow will be playing. Now, whether he's 100% or not, may you know, that, that remains to be seen. But we'll find out on Sunday at noon on Fox. Terry, tell them about Zen Sports. All right, be glad to. Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee, and it's revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it, too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. And best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with Zen Sports' referral rewards program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and in Tennessee to bet. Y'all, I'm serious right now. They have a dragon here. I saw it. No, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, 
the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy in Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms forms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. A little funk for your Yeah, Friday. that was a that, that was a, that was a nice a little, tune. A little Friday funk. Yeah. That was a nice tune. Yeah. I, I like that one. That one was new. And we're we're testing out some new stuff here, so that's a keeper. Sure, yeah. Make make sure to keep keep a, an ear out for the new music as as Justin has been tooling around throughout the the interwebs mm-hmm. to, to grab some stuff. Right now, we're gonna go to our friend Chris Lee of Southeastern Fourteen for now. Uh, <laughs> 14 slash 16 yeah. 14 for now and we're, we're looking for the new gear <laughs> it's coming I'm sure as we talk a little bit about Vanderbilt as they welcome Missouri to First Bank Stadium this weekend Chris how are you hey good afternoon thanks for having me no thanks for joining us Chris um you know what is, what is the mood around First Bank Stadium around the the campus heading into this matchup against a top 25 foe coming off of a dis got to be a disappointing performance against Kentucky last weekend. Yeah, not, not great. Um, this is five weeks in a row where they have failed to cover the spread, um, which, you know, this was not a team where you were seeing Vanderbilt get top 25 votes or anything. So the expectations weren't great and, and they have managed to underachieve them so far. I think if you watch Clark Lee's press conference this week, it, it felt a little different than the other ones. It felt like some guys were being put on notice. I, I think particularly the quarterback was being put on notice and maybe some offensive teammates. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see how it looks tomorrow because c- I think it's either going to look different out of the jump or it, it won't take long to look different if, if things don't go well for them early. They certainly have other options at quarterback. Yeah. They do, including a guy that they inherited as a starter who started a year and a half, started all of 2020 and had, what was it, three 300-yard passing games without much of a supporting cast. And he, he got hurt, I think, in 2021, had three different injuries and just never was able to regain his job and, and didn't throw a didn't play a snap a year ago. And, and frankly, I thought had a pretty good fall camp and Honestly, they're lucky that Ken, St- Ken Seals stuck around because I think he could have gone other places and played. He loves that school. He loves his teammates. He likes the coaches. And uh, so they've got, uh, I don't know if you call it a luxury, but they've got a piece that maybe I think on 99% of most rosters wouldn't be there. And I think we will see a lot of Ken Seals tomorrow. And, and if not him, I suspect it'll be Walter Taylor who's got a lot of raw talent. He's big six foot seven lefty and can really sling it. But I think it is undeveloped at this point. And so I don't know what that looks like in a game, but again, 
I think we're going to see one or, or maybe both those guys tomorrow, depending on how it goes. So regardless of how it goes, you think there will be multiple quarterbacks to take snaps tomorrow? Well, I, I guess we'll see. I, I just think we're going to see somebody different than whom we've seen. Because you don't expect it to go well early. Uh, again, look, um, go back and listen to Clark's press conference. He was a little bit yeah. more pointed than he normally is and read between the lines a little bit. I, I think you're going to see uh, a quarterback or quarterbacks get a shot tomorrow that, that maybe we don't see out there most weeks, but we'll see. Well, Missouri comes in riding high 4-0, and ranked number 23 in the country, and that's not a place that they've been in recent years i wonder how much of an effect that has on them mentally and does it bode well for vanderbilt who's obviously been less than uh less than good in games against top tier opponents this year versus last year yeah and here's here's a weird thing guys uh, last time Missouri was in this spot ranked, it was 2019. Missouri was 5-1. and one. Next opponent was a Vanderbilt team that had just been awful and had lost to UNLV the week before. Vanderbilt started a different quarterback, Mo Hassan, and pulled an upset of Missouri. Knocked Missouri out of the top 25. Uh, Coach lost his job after the season. And, and so I'm not saying history repeats itself. But th this feels a whole lot like the last time both these teams were here. And, and Missouri's also a little bit banged up, uh, to say the least. Brady Cook, their starting quarterback, has been hurt. Luther Burden, their best player, has been hurt. And, and that kid has taken some licks this year, guys. If you haven't watched it, uh, he has really taken some hits. Now, I think those guys play. I, I don't think Missouri's going to come to town. And if Luther Burden and Brady Cook can go, they're going to sit. But it's interesting. That was a point of discussion this week. I think they were called questionable. And and so Missouri, a team with a lot to play for, but but also some key guys banged up. And another one of those would be Darius Robinson, probably their best defensive lineman. And I I think there's a chance he might not play, guys. He has a calf injury that keeps bothering him every time they roll him out there. At some point, you've got to rest something like that. And I wonder if maybe Vandy gets a break and doesn't catch Darius Robinson tomorrow too. Chris, your recollection of that 2019 game against Missouri, didn't Mo Hassan take a, a shot to the head in that ball game and get knocked? Is that the game that he got knocked out of? You know, I, I think that's probably right. And I'm not sure that Mo Hassan played for them again, or he didn't start he did. again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Um, you talk about the defensive lineman not playing for Missouri, Chris, and, and Vanderbilt possibly catching a break there. It sounds like it might be a much-needed break because one of the things that has been an issue for Vanderbilt has been running the football. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of things that have been an issue, and that's been one of them. I, I don't think that they are that talented at the running back position. Their offensive line has been bad. Um, I think they can play better than they have. But I don't think it's even if it clicks on all cylinders, it's not not an elite backfield by any stretch. I think they miss Ray Davis, who was playing on the other sideline this year. Uh, but look, I, I think that Vanderbilt's bread is going to be buttered in the passing game. They've got three really good receivers in Shepard, McGowan, and and Logan, or excuse me, 
London Humphreys, but the problem is they're not getting them the ball. Uh, you know, it was going in the hands of Kentucky defensive backs last week and uh, or, or just not being completed, period. I think at one point A.J. Swan was was 10 to 30 and ended up having three picks in that game. I think that was close to the final stat line. So I do think they have some things that they can use against Missouri and use against a lot of other teams, to be honest. But when your quarterback and offensive line play have been that deficient, uh, it hasn't always looked pretty. On the other side of the ball, a guy who made a lot of plays as a running back in college or in high school has certainly been the key to the Vanderbilt defense. C.J. Taylor yeah. leads the team in tackles, three sacks on the year, a couple pass deflections, a couple forced fumbles. Just he's been everywhere. And if they can get, you know, big play out of him leading the defense, that's that's huge. Yeah, Chris, and when they won those two games last year over Florida and Kentucky, he was the guy that was probably the MVP of, of both games on either side of the ball. Uh, he makes stuff happen for a defense that needs to make things happen. And, and to that, I think it's worth mentioning, he plays that safety linebacker hybrid spot, yeah. and they have been so banged up at safety. Ricky Wright has been out, played hurt a week ago. Jalen Mahoney has been hurt. Uh, I think his questionable tomorrow got ejected last week for targeting, although that will not carry over this week because that was two and a half minutes in. They had Savion Riley, who's a, technically a backup, but I think he's probably top 10 on the teams in reps because he comes in a lot. He was out last week, so Vanderbilt had basically three starting safeties out a week ago and a key backup, and, and so Taylor's kind of in that mix of defensive backs too, and I think Taylor can make some plays, but I think it would also help him just to have the return of some healthy teammates around him, too. Well, and that's the thing, because as you mentioned, potentially could be without one receiver. They're definitely Missouri uh, without Makai Miller, who has been ruled out. Yeah. So if Miller and Burden aren't able to go, Brady Cook's options just got a lot worse. <laughs> and the defensive yeah. secondary could look really good. Yeah, I mean, look, Vanderbilt's capable of making anybody look good with the way it's played at times. But I think that I felt like one thing that kind of got lost in last week with with the ugliness of the turnovers and getting down quickly is that amidst losing three or four key defenders on that side of the ball, I thought the defense played better. I thought they called it more aggressively. And so you get some guys back. You, you have Missouri down a couple of guys. And um, look. Mookie Cooper's been around a bit, but he's just kind of a guy. He's not a guy that you circle on your your game plan and say, man, we can't let this guy beat us. Um, Theo Weiss, the Oklahoma transfer, was a kid that was, I think, at one point a five-star recruit, but he's always just kind of been a guy in college. And so they don't really have anybody that plays at Luther Burden's level. So if he's out or hampered, I have to think that changes their offense significantly. Should be interesting. Obviously, this defense has has its has had its ups this season, and this would be a fine time to have another. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Coming off of a tough loss to Kentucky, that I don't even with expectations being what they are for Vanderbilt, I don't think anybody expected that one to go sideways well, quite to the degree that it did. And again, two pick sixes. Tough to defend. 
Well, look, guys, it, it goes further than that. They've had nine turnovers the last three games. Four of them have gone for touchdowns the other way. Three of them have put teams inside the 20. Another one put a team on the Vanderbilt side of midfield, and another one, I think, came at the opponent's 44, so six yards from midfield. It's not just that they're turning it over and turning it over a lot. It's that they are turning into touchdowns or putting a team in position to kick a field goal from the second they get the ball. And, look, I mean, there just aren't that many teams in the country right now. I don't know that Georgia could overcome that, and certainly Vanderbilt can't. Um, Chris, and again, we talked earlier about A.J. Swan and his status, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. But is that part of the – how big an issue is it that he's putting the ball in harm's way in places where you can't? Oh, look, it's a huge issue. Coaches don't want to call out a a particular guy, and you you really don't want to call out your your talented quarterback because those kids can hit the portal and be gone. But, look, the second throw that he had last week, he's getting pressured – He's on the far hash, and instead of taking the sack or throwing it to the near sideline, he decides to dump it off to a safety valve who is on the the far sideline and tries to throw it with two guys honing in on him, makes a throw that's probably 45 yards in the air as the crow flies, and I'm watching it in the press box going, the minute he lets it go, going, oh, no, don't, don't throw that. And Max Harrison saw it, too. And he was 10 yards behind Cedric Alexander and jumped it. Now, look, there was a lot of stuff wrong with that play. And it started with the protection. And maybe A.J. held on to the ball too long. Maybe that's part of it, too. You can't block forever. But when you're going to do that and you're going to get rid of the ball, you don't want to make a low percentage throw that, if it works, doesn't gain you a lot of yards. And it's got to travel a long time in the air. And you're not even really having time to set your feet. You're just kind of slinging it. I thought that throw was so much of what was wrong with their offense. A lot of his throws, I mean, these, these guys, they hadn't been tipped balls. Um, and again, you can blame the offensive line for some of them. They've just been bad throws. And you cannot make bad throws when you're Vanderbilt. Look, Vanderbilt, if it plays its A or B game, is probably it, it beats UNLV. And it probably goes down to the wire of Wake Forest in Kentucky. But but that's still a coin flip. So, like, even if you play your best games, you're not good enough to win those. And, and you're sure not good enough to win them when you were turning the ball over with the frequency uh, and the results with which this team is. Chris Lee of Southeastern 14 joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris... The rest of the Southeastern Conference schedule is certainly packed with some <laughs> with some unique ball games, and uh, one of them being Georgia at Auburn. As bad as Georgia has looked at times, uh, and the, the the juju that you might see at Jordan Hare Stadium, are the number one Bulldogs are, are they on upset alert? Well, um, look, crazy stuff has happened when Georgia and Auburn have played at Auburn. Uh, but when crazier stuff has happened, Auburn has also had a serviceable quarterback. I'm, I'm not sure that it's got that right now. I don't know that and I Charles trust Barkley Auburn. doesn't think so. 
No, well, look, and, and I don't think Charles is wrong. I don't think I trust them. I, I don't know that without help they score 10 points against Georgia tomorrow. Okay. And if you're not going to score 10 points, that defense is good, and Georgia's got some offensive issues. This isn't vintage, you know, Stetson Bennett, Georgia, for it's sure. It's vintage Mike but, Bobo. Well, maybe. And, and, look, I don't think they're bad. I mean, you've got a new, you've got a new quarterback. He's just learning. They're, they're, and you've seen Georgia kind of get bored before, so I'm not going to throw dirt on that offense yet by any means. But point being, look, it has been five straight games Auburn has played against, I think it's power five teams, and has not had one 100-yard passer. Mm. That, that is, that is amazing. That I mean, outside insane. of a service academy, who's got a stat like that? And you're going to have trouble winning games, playing decent teams. And I know Georgia's had its struggles, and maybe it's not what the last two teams were, but Georgia's still got a defense. And that's just not a good recipe when you're playing Georgia is that you don't put anybody back there, quarterback that scares you. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's at Auburn. Crazy stuff could happen. It's the SEC. But I just don't see it unless they either get some big plays, some some big turnovers that put them – an ideal field position, or much better play at quarterback than they have gotten. Or twenty was it the twenty twenty one Iron Bowl down there where you know, Bryce yeah had to take the fourth quarter final drive because it was what like nine to six or something in yeah. the fourth quarter. That's the only way it happens is if Auburn can keep it you know under seventeen points <laughs> total. So we'll yeah, see Georgia happens. gets more than 20, and I just don't think it's Auburn over. can win. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Well, we appreciate you taking time with us, man, as always. I look forward to uh, talking with you again soon, and uh, also look forward to seeing the, the new swag in about four months. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're really it may be – I was going to say maybe a little more than four months. It might be more like the summer, but it's it's coming um, – to, to answer the question you're, you're going to ask me that everybody asked, yes, we did buy the domain name. We did buy Southeastern 16, and we bought it a long time before um, all this stuff started with Texas and Oklahoma because that is that is the nature of college sports. Is it, It's kind of not not if but when, and so thankfully we, we protected ourselves against that. But, yes, this time next year it will be Southeastern 16 while we'll I have Oklahoma and Texas, and, boy, that's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Can be gonna be interesting for sure, Chris. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Let's take a, a quick break. When we come back, we pick ten of the biggest, most interesting, most interesting, most intriguing college not football game. Big. Yeah, maybe maybe not biggest, but most intriguing college football games against the spread. After this, on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Y'all stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Vaughn and Joint. It is time to make some picks. Mo? Justin feeling a little creative this week. Yeah, yeah. That was solid. Uh, solid intros. Looking forward to seeing that each and every week. That was that was cool. Thank you. I might have to get a change my number. Uh, you don't like 23? You know to <laughs> Hey, just go with go with go with Bubba. Go hmm? with Bubba. Go with, go with Bubba. Ride, <laughs> ride with Bubba. That's that guy. All right, I actually wore 44 one time as a ninth grader. Really? Justin, I, I wore 44 when I was the blocking back, up back, whatever you want to call it. We we ran this offensive set where the quarterback was behind the go, the, the center and out and the, the up back or blocking back was behind one of the two guards. Kind of an H back kind of thing. I, I don't really know what it was, <laughs> but I, I ran the ball one time. It was called the blocking back special. And know. it's where the quarterback takes it, hands it to you, and you just sit there and you wait. And it opens up. And when it opens to the left, it's open. Because <laughs> no, I mean, they're, they're running, you know, they're faking pitches to the other side and you're just. Right up the little, you know, the little B gap. Just strolling. Right huh? off the guard's hip. And yeah, that was that <laughs> was pretty that that was a wild play. It was a weird formation. We did some weird things back then. We used to run the Notre Dame box. We had two quarterbacks back there and you it, it, you didn't know which quarterback was gonna get the snap if you were on defense. It was wild. It, no. th things were weird back in the early two thousands. But I did we, wear forty four. It's a good company, you know. Kyle Uschek, Dallas Clark. I mean, if you're a speaking of our Colts fan, yeah. <laughs> oh, let's let's get into it. We've got ten games to pick, and they're interesting. Do we want to recap? Yes, please tell us who. So last week, um, Justin was four and six, five and six, counting the bonus game of Kentucky by thirteen and a half over Vanderbilt. <clears throat> I was. Five and five, six and five. Yao was six and four, seven and four. 
So have, um, have I caught up with you? Yeah. We are we are even, yes, as a result of that. <laughs> All three of us, by the way, miss Utah and Notre Dame. Mm. Because Ohio State won by three. The hook got us. Two and a half points was it? Three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah. What's so the overall? Notre Dame to win by no, we all took Notre Dame to uh, – I'm confused. Leave me alone. Anyway. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Ohio State covered minus three and a half. I, I feel like I picked Notre Dame, but I don't remember. And you, you did. Have, okay. Did. Oh, okay. So we all got it right. Okay, cool. Yes, missed, yes, we all got it right. Yes, missed, we all got Utah right. Yeah. Um, we I, all missed Michigan. Michigan. And we all missed Ole Miss. Yep. There we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah. I also missed Cal and USC. <sighs> Cal, by the way, was 17. No, was I picked Cal to cover 21 and a half. They lost by 27. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. anyway. We start 11 a.m. on Fox, big noon kickoff. Big noon kickoff at 11 a.m. for us, but 10 o'clock local time as Colorado hosts number eight, USC. And I don't know if you saw the graphic. There's a graphic of Caleb Williams riding a buffalo or a bison with a Yellowstone National Park, like, sign behind him and someone said well you got to feel like colorado is going to cover if caleb williams is in wyoming <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just saying if caleb williams doesn't show up the they bus got a shot they do have it so you're telling me there's a chance yeah, um, but my guess is Caleb Williams is going to be there. I, I think Caleb Williams is going to make it to Boulder. What's the number? The number is 23 and a half. At Colorado. JK. Um, hmm. I'm running with Prime. You know, I can't, I can't just uh, stop all of a sudden. And by the way. <laughs> there it is. He found it. <laughs> Like, buddy, uh, Yellowstone ain't in Colorado. <laughs> okay. Man, so close. We coming. I love that caption. Yeah, we, they coming. They, they took it. Cool. Okay. So USC did not cover the, the spread last week. They only won by 14. Only 14. They only won by 14 mm -hmm. on the road at Arizona State, who is in absolute shambles. That being said... Could have been a trap game mm -hmm. as Southern Cal was looking ahead. So I'm going to take the Trojans to cover the 23 and a half after what we saw last week. Again, no Travis Hunter makes a difference. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing here. I, I'm, I'm going with the Trojans to cover as well against a Travis Hunter-less Colorado. But apparently, Travis Hunter and Henry, what's his name, have... They made up. Have... Let bygones be bygones. They went bowling pretty, yesterday. It was pretty easy for Henry to let bygones yeah, be bygones. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. But pretty, pretty big, and, and pretty cool to watch them go bowling yesterday together. Okay. Yeah, you, you, you lacerate my liver, and then we're gonna go bowling and eat pizza. No. Well, 
No. He wasn't really ever really that mad about it, was he? No, Travis was never really upset, right. to be honest. Um, and that's kind of one thing that Dion's teams have been sort of like. Uh, now, granted, the video that I sent to you guys, which apparently I don't know if uh, if Colorado players realized that they were talking to Oregon cameras. <laughs> yeah. When they said that, they, they looked like they had mics on them. Like that was crazy. It, it was wild, but. They've been kind of chill about the hate. Now they they they've you know they trash talk because they should. I mean it's college I think, kids. I, I think they realize that the hate comes with the trash. But talk. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're not they're not taking it personal. We, they are. We, we still gonna talk. Yeah, we're mm -hmm. gonna talk. You're gonna talk, and we ain't gonna take what you say personal because we don't really want you to take what we say personal. It's just trash talk. Mm -hmm. So I think it's been interesting. Two thirty. CBS just mentioned it. Georgia, number one dogs, heading to Jordan Hare, taking on the Auburn Tigers. 16 and a half points is the line, folks. Justin. 16 and a half. Oh, uh, man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go. Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I'll go with Auburn, upset city. Okay. You know, Chris, as you've discussed this, the way Georgia has played of late, 17 points kind of scares me, especially on the road. But um, I'm not overly impressed with Auburn either. I, I agree with uh, you. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah. So with that said, I'm, I'm going with the dogs. I'm taking the Tigers with Justin. Let's ride. Let's ride, Clyde. <laughs> Two thirty on Fox following that USC Colorado game will be Michigan, number two Wolverines at Nebraska. Nebraska seventeen and a half point under underdogs. Oh, let's see, Cornhuskers. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Wolverines. Yeah, I am up in the air with that one though. I think it goes. I either understand. Way. I am. Um, Michigan not covering twenty five and a half against Rutgers at home last week kind of concerns me. Gotta go because I think Nebraska is better than Rutgers and it's in Lincoln. Oh, I'm going Nebraska to cover. You do love your home dogs, Mo. Typically. I've got Michigan. I don't think Nebraska is better than Rutgers. And so I'm going Wolverines to cover the 17 and a half. All right. All right. 2.30 on ABC. Number three, Longhorns of Texas. 17 and a half point favorites over the Jalen Daniels Jayhawks of Kansas. This is in Austin, right? In Austin. 17 and a half points, a lot of points for a top 25 matchup, but it is in Austin. Yeah. Texas is a 17 and a half point favorite at home against Kansas. What you got? The last time these two teams played in Austin, Kansas won it outright. 
they did in fact. Um, is this Kansas team better than that Kansas team? Not sure. Yes, but this Texas it team is, is better far than, better yeah, than that Texas exactly, team. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of where I was going with all that. So with that said, hmm. I'm not so, going to say the two-word phrase, but I am going to take Texas. <laughs> Um, I think so. This is interesting. Real quick side note on this game. Uh, so I'm looking at the ESPN schedule, like as you're saying it, so I can look at the games. And it says for Col the Colorado Colorado game, tickets are as low as 194 starting for this Texas game in Austin. It's fifty dollars. Crazy is that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna take Texas for sure. You're taking Texas? Yes, sir. All right. The line has moved in favor of the Jayhawks to 16. But I don't think it matters because I'm going Jayhawks at 17 and a half. I think that's, I think that's free money. <laughs> All right. Before we take our final break, we go to 530 Palo Alto. Oregon Ducks coming off a big win. They go down to Stanford where the Cardinal are 26 and a half point dogs. To the Ducks 20, on the Pac-12 network. So if you want to see it, that's too bad. Twenty-six and a half. <laughs> Twenty-six and a half. Justin. Man, I'm riding with the Ducks. Uh, I, I gotta say, Oregon's coach. I, I believe in the hype. <laughs> he he uh, sold me last week. Or, yeah. When Dan Lanning is. You know, Dan Lanning was a, a Georgia assistant before going to Oregon, and has a lot of SEC transfers up there. So it's about his business. Is Stanford that bad? Yep. I think that's the question that I have to answer before I can pick this, and, and I think you're right. I'm going with Oregon. Stanford, to this point in the season, beat Iowa by 13, which it was on the road, lost by 46 to USC, lost to Sacramento State, and then lost to Arizona. Yes. Beat Iowa. Lost to Sacramento State. No, beat Hawaii oh. <laughs> on the road, which even Vanderbilt has done. <laughs> so said that as low as I could. But, yeah, so there you go. I'm with you. It's Oregon all the way. Let's take a break. When we come back, five more games in college pickup right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. 
Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Five more games to pick in our pick'em as we get you set for the college football weekend. Next one on the agenda, six, six o'clock on FS1. Want to make sure that it's at eight. <laughs> <laughs> six o'clock on FS1. It is Iowa State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma, the 20 and one half point favorite in this one. I like that. I like that spread. I'm I'm going to go. Let me me go first because I'm going to say something that may affect your all's decision. Gotcha. In the last five games or the last five years, Oklahoma is one and four against the spread in the week before they play Texas. They are five and zero oh outright, but, one and four but they are the one and four against the spread the week before they play Texas, and they do in fact play Texas next week. Next week. That is such a college football like that. <laughs> giving you all that information, do with it what you what will. you will. <laughs> That's right. One, we we report, you decide. Oh wait a minute, that one. Do you fun. know if if the one win has been recent or? Was or was the one win against Iowa State? <laughs> right. I don't know who I don't know who it was against. <laughs> hmm. Not a lot. It does uh, throw me through a little bit of a loop there. Twenty-one and a half points kind of sounds like a lot now. Yeah. It's three touchdowns. Yeah, also go. Also go. Sooners. Let's let's lock it in. Lock it in. All right. 
I'm not sure that Iowa State can score against Oklahoma's defense. So I'm going with the Sooners. Yeah, I mean, Iowa State has scored 13 points and 7 points in losses to Iowa and Ohio. Ohio. As in the Bobcats. Ohio, not Ohio State. But they did score 34, 30 in their opening win over Northern Iowa, 34 last week against Oklahoma State. That being said, South Alabama also beat Oklahoma State. So mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go with the Sooners at home as well. Didn't take them last week. Really felt like Cincinnati was going to take advantage, and they did. All right. 6.30 on ABC. Notre Dame at Duke. Five and a half points the Devils are getting. It's This is a classic, classic uh, Catholics versus Devils here. Justin? What was the, what was the spread? Five and a half. In favor of the Irish. I'm going to go, ooh, okay, yeah. I'll do that. I'll, I'll take five and a half for Irish. You're taking the Irish. Yes, sir. I'm taking Duke to cover. As am And I. hoping that they went out right. As am I. I'm with you. 8 o'clock on ESPN, Mississippi State hosting Alabama as 14 and a half point underdogs. The dogs are the dogs. Cowbell and all. It's gonna be late, Justin. Wait, say that. Say that. Who was it? Fourteen and a half. Alabama is favored at Mississippi State. Fourteen and a half. You know what? I I don't know if it's just because I like when I was a kid, Saban never lost, which I guess is kind of his whole career. But I have such a hard time betting against Alabama. Like honestly, (laughs) so I'm gonna go Alabama. I agree with you, J.K. I was I kind of took Ole Miss under duress last week and paid for it. So right, fool me once, I'm taking Alabama. Uh, I'm gonna go Bulldogs here. I, I, I'm, here's my thing about it: is very simply, Ole Miss came at the Kings and didn't miss, or and, and missed. And missed. Mississippi State is a little. Their little brother, Alabama knows it. I think that it's going to be very similar to what we saw down in Tampa. I just don't know that Mississippi State can score enough to stay within 15 points of Alabama. I don't think Alabama's going to score. 9 o'clock on Pac-12 Network, 7th-ranked Washington Huskies at Arizona, 17.5 points for Washington. The Huskies favored on the road here. I'll go Huskies. They have absolutely demolished people to this point in the season. Yeah, not much reason to go against them. Let's do it. I, I don't think Arizona's very good at all. I'm taking Washington to cover. I, too, am taking the Huskies because Michael Penix Jr. is really good. <laughs> I know Washington was seven. Wow. They're very good. Nevada. At Fresno State, 24 and a half points. Uh, 
Because as you said, Colin Kaepernick ain't walking through that door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 24 and a half is a lot, though. There's a lot of points. I'll agree with you there. So, uh, they don't play any defense on the West Coast either. Yeah, I'm looking at their past games. Um, and they've gotten shellacked Nevada each game. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I'll go with Fresno. Tava. <laughs> This is a team that lost 33-6 to to Idaho. <laughs> yeah, USC put 66 on them. So, what say you, Yao? Yeah, I, I've, got, I've got the 25th ranked Bulldogs in this one. All right. All right, that's it. That's it? That's going to do it. So... For... You're not picking Tennessee, South Carolina? Well, I'm saying that's that's it for the ten. I apologize. Oh, okay. um, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's let's take a look and see what the Tennessee South Carolina line is that right is now. At Tennessee, right? At Tennessee. Tennessee is a. Do you know what tickets for this one are, Justin? What's that? A hundred and forty-one dollars to get in. That's crazy. Just the difference. That's crazy. Yep. Tennessee's an 11-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, I'm surprised. 11-and-a-half? Yep. That's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm surprised that it's double digits, but I think that Vegas knows that it's double digits for a reason, and that's why I've got the balls. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, walking in or you know, coming into the show today, I may have had a bit on the fence if you asked me at the beginning, but Christopher Gabriel's speech about yeah. how to <laughs> it, I'm sold. Yeah. Roll balls. There we go. Vols all day. We'll see you guys next week. It's going to be a great weekend. And again, follow at Mo Patton underscore sports tonight. He'll be at Spring Hill and Columbia Central. I will be at Clarksville Academy and Columbia Academy as they'll play here at Columbia Academy at CA. So follow me at Chris Yow 14. Follow at Main Street Preps and at MS underscore sports today. Also, at Lawson Smith 15 will be, be at, at Overton at Independence. Overton Big region 6-6A matchup. So, so plenty, of, plenty of places. And again, at MS underscore sports today, as you see on your screen, I'll be retweeting uh, our three, Lawson, Mo, and myself, onto that account as well. So we appreciate you guys being with us. We look forward to reacting on Monday on the Monday Mirror and handing out some Monstar stickers. So come back with us at 2 o'clock on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll see you then.